welcome to another episode of Fantastic Geek and where to find them. I'm Brizzy Voices. And I'm Tessa Netting. And for today's Be All Guest episode, we are going to be talking all about cartoons and voiceover with a very special guest. And I already know this is going to be Brizzy's favorite episode. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Bound to happen. Yeah. But first, let's look at this week's Ravenclaw Riddle, our Harry Potter question of the week. This one comes from Madeline, who asks, Hi, Tessa and Brizzy, I have a Gryffindor riddle for you. If you were trapped in a painting, what painting would you want to be in? Ah, I, do you know the answer? I know my answer immediately. Oh, I, you go first. I mean, yours, I know yours. You, everyone knows mine. Yours is Starry Night. Yeah, it's all over everything I own. It's yeah. on my phone. It's on my laptop. It's in my apartment. I don't know what it is about it. Just the first time I saw Van Gogh or Van Gogh's <laughs> Starry Night, I thought it was the most gorgeous thing. The colors, the, um, the mystery in it. it. Just him, all of his backstory and his amazing life i i am obsessed and of course with the doctor who episode as well that goes along with it i just cannot i want to live in it <laughs> i want to live just color my whole body in that those, makes sense in sorry night obviously okay yeah. what about I you i do not have as clear you're mona lisa what a boring painting no! to be stuck in. Are you kidding me? She is like the most mysterious. That's why okay, she was. sure, but I don't want to be stuck there. Oh, yeah, it's that's just true. just empty. It's okay. just her. What about, what about, what about, what about the clocks one? Oh, it's Dolly. Yeah. Melting? I don't want to melt. Oh, yeah, that's true. It'd be really hot there. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. The first one that came to mind for me was the swing. Oh. By Jean-Honoré Fragonard. It's just like. One of those Rococo classic paintings that's all... You just want to swing? It's just like bubbly. Ooh. It's just like a girl swinging. It's all... It, I don't know. Swinging Something about in bubbles. The, the bubbliness and the... I can I see know, it. It looks all lush and fun. I mean, here. at least you have a clear activity that you're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something to do. <laughs> I think it's or, perfect. Or maybe like the dogs playing poker. <gasps> yes! That is the best answer! <laughs> Forget it. Let's all yeah. just go with the dogs. Okay. Do we get to turn into a dog when we go into that painting? Yes. I'm in. Let's great, do great. it. Great. Okay. Thank you, Madeline. To submit your Harry Potter-related question for a Ravenclaw riddle, email us at fantasticgeekspod at gmail.com. And in the subject line, please write your Hogwarts house. So if you're a Slytherin sending in a riddle, title it Slytherin Riddle. If you're Hufflepuff, say Hufflepuff Riddle, etc. Now, let's get back to our special guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah. With over 500 voiceover credits. This VO legend is a lunatic mouse, an animaniac, a couple of ninja turtles, and so much more. A podcast and live show veteran, possibly the sweetest man in Hollywood, one of my personal heroes, and now an author, Rob Paulson. <gasps> Welcome oh to the podcast. Hello, nurses. Oh, hello. I don't know if I can still say that in Hollywood without getting arrested. <laughs> it, it is on the line is now, okay? for sure. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, ladies. My goodness, Brizzy and uh, uh, Tessa, it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have had the great good fortune of, of uh, knowing Brizzy for a number of years, mm -hmm. and I've met Tessa before. Yes. And I know you're handsome uh, betrothed. <laughs> And you He's reminded me today that. that we met at Pat Brady's house, one of our uh, one of the agents here in Hollywood. And uh, so this is uh, an absolute joy for me. And any time that sweet young ladies lower their entertainment standards enough <laughs> to bring a guy like me on, I am profoundly grateful. So thank you. And I'm not sure if I'm a Slytherin Hufflepuff <gasps> or I, I don't even know. Oh, uh, honestly, I we'll get to it. You, is yeah. that right? We're oh, gonna yeah. figure it we're out. Gonna figure out. We're gonna figure it out. Okay, great. Yeah. And with respect to whatever painting I'd like to be in, I think. <laughs> Anything with velvet, uh, Elvis, and Jesus would be fine. Oh, <laughs> that's everything I, in the Louvre. Yeah. Any, any, <laughs> yes, all those are in the Louvre. Yeah. Yeah. Anything with Elvis and velvet, those are all in the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> they are. But this you is great. Thank you there. for having me. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Pleasure. Rob, can we start off by putting you on the spot Please. a little bit? Uh, thankfully, it seems like you really love doing these voices, but could you please honor our podcast by reading a <laughs> oh, few sure. Dumbledore quotes. Yeah, absolutely. As four of your most iconic Yes, here we characters. go. The first one. <clears throat> See if you can figure this out. <laughs> the truth. It is a beautiful and terrible thing and should therefore be treated with caution. <laughs> okay. Now we've got... <clears throat> 
It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. Nerf. <laughs> you would say that. And let's see. <clears throat> Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. Turtle power. <laughs> <clears throat> and then... Um, Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on a light. Uh, I don't know why Carl breaks me every Isn't time. Isn't that the craziest thing? <laughs> People say you're weird. I say, hey, come on, man. I get a lot of chicks. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they're baby chickens, but I do get numbers, so there's that. Tess is freaking out. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the best. I'm freaking out over here. How, how did amazing. you find Carl's voice? Because that one is so yeah, it's a little odd, tender huh? and oh, wacky. Yeah, and, and, and I have to say, and this is the, the truth. I've been doing this, as you kind of have to mention, a while. And I meet a lot of people all around the world who are nice enough to have paid attention to what I and all of us have done for the number, last number of years. But I got to say, Carl is a... A, a, a character with which many women connect. I think because he's very sweet, mm -hmm. he's not at all threatening, and and he's just like you want to take care of him. <laughs> yeah, you know. And he tries really hard to be a badass, but he just isn't. He just <laughs> isn't. And I really like Carl. Um, actually, Carl was is kind of a hybrid of a character I did before years ago. You guys probably don't remember a show I did called Goof Troop. And that, I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a pretty popular show during the Disney afternoon in the mm -hmm. late 80s and um, had a very successful uh, feature, animated feature called The Goofy Movie. Yes. And in that whole scenario, I played a character called PJ. <clears throat> Pardon me, PJ's a little bit tweaked this morning. But uh, uh, PJ is the son of... Uh, of Goofy's adversary, a character called Black Pete, yeah. played by Jim Cummings. And so he was my dad. And so I had this kind of weird vibe with Goofy <laughs> and our uh, brother PJ, Pete Jr. And that show was over for, I don't know, 10 years. And mm -hmm. then Jimmy Neutron came along. And um, Steve Odekirk, who created that, uh, who produced the movie, the, um, uh, the character was created by a fellow named John Davis. And um, they said, have you got anything for Carl? And I said, I do. And I tweaked PJ. Because it's kind of the same placement, only it's not quite so low. Yeah. But it's still in the back part of my throat. But then I gave him a lazy L like Tom Brokaw <laughs> because it just endears him. It's a little impediment that makes him that much more authentic. Mm -hmm. You guys are actors. And so you, you look for those little things that you can incorporate into a character that tweaks it enough so that people can say, wow, it kind of sounds like PJ, but it's a totally different character. And right. that's kind of the magic of what we all get a chance to do is find ways, whether you're on camera or doing voice work, find ways to make characters interesting, authentic, and as they say, maybe in a hackneyed way, but it's, 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 it really is about being organic and not just the funny voice. Because if you do the funny voice, it's good for a couple of gags. Yeah. But to uh, do something that melds perfectly with the uh, art, uh, the animation, and the script, and something that you know, we have a character in the case of Carl that hasn't had a job in probably 10 years, but he's, I think, almost iconic. And make it clear, folks, I don't draw him and I don't write him. But when <laughs> everything works, yeah, it's it's pretty much timeless, like Bugs or, mm -hmm. you know, Homer. It, it, it's, it's a cool thing. So that's where... Uh, that's where Carl came from, and then he has a predisposition to pet llamas. Yeah, the which llamas. don't ask me why, but it's fun. <laughs> oh, I love Carl. Thank I, you. I, I miss love you too. <laughs> don't tell, don't tell your new husband to so beat the hell out of me. He's a Wolverine. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Uh, I won't tell him. Okay. So now that our listeners realize that we are talking to their actual childhood, uh, could How you? about that? Isn't I that know. fun? I'm so grateful for that. That's so cool. Who knew your child was old enough to be your grandfather? It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Can you tell us a little more just about you? Yes. Like what excites you? What drives you? Like what in life makes you happy? Thank you. Well, I have to tell you, and no, it's absolutely the truth. Being in a circumstance like this with you guys, I love doing this so much. Busy was kind enough to be on my podcast mm -hmm. um, probably a year ago, right? Maybe uh, longer. Earlier this year, actually. Yeah. Oh, was it earlier this year? Not too long ago. Gosh, yeah, because yeah, we, we stopped doing it in March, but we did it for a couple of years. I did it 
uh, that was the on-camera. Re- I've been doing it a while, but mm-hmm. um, I have to tell you, Tessa, the 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 best part about my life, especially now and getting a bit older in Hollywood, I've been in Hollywood for 41 years Dang. and I've been able to make a living doing essentially what used to get me in trouble in high school. The best part about my gig now is meeting young people like you guys and seeing how you're driven, you have tenacity, you're utterly joyful. I mean, you know your friend, Brizzy. She oh, is yeah. one of the most joyful, kind. You clearly are cut from the same cloth and that is such an important aspect to mm-hmm. your ultimate success you guys will always be able to make a living and i know it sounds weird now because you're going are you kidding me i'm blah 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 it's really hard it is it's hard it's competitive but right. everything is mm-hmm. you, you know joey is a lawyer mm-hmm. joe joe pardon yeah. me joe is a lawyer yeah but to get not only get your law degree and pass the california bar yeah that's hard yeah being an actor you know even though being a, an attorney is a choice being an actor is a playtime you know, you you there are a per, uh, certain circumstances, many of them where it sucks, right? But you chose it, yeah. To get through the California bar, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Pouring hot tar on a on a freeway mm-hmm. in August in California, that's a hard job. Sure. Working on a farm in Chelsea, Michigan, is a hard job. Mm-hmm. Being an actor is a choice, and if you're if you're not utterly joyful about the choice you made. You're pretty much going to be dead because um, you you have you're gonna ins- you're gonna find people who inspire you, yeah. people who frighten you because of their talent, people who get uh, what we call relative success, and you can't find any discernible talent. But all of a sudden, they got a deal and they're making a ton of money and they're living the life that you want to live. Right. All of that stuff comes into play because it's it's about luck, it's about timing, it's about talent. But ultimately, if you can face what it is you've chosen to be in with uh, with joy and kindness and the ability to embrace all these interesting people whom you're going to meet in your lifetime. It makes the whole trip worth it. And so when I get to hang out with guys like you, it is, it's the most wonderful thing because it, it does just the opposite to me of making me wistful. It mm. makes me happy and excited <laughs> to see you guys have so much to look forward to mm-hmm. it will you're gonna someday think remember that guy ron pullman we had on our show <laughs> he's been dead forever i don't even know what happened to him he probably oh dried God. in a drunk tank somewhere but <laughs> but remember he taught he was right this is really cool yeah and and that's what it's about if you can do something at my age mm-hmm. and you can wake up in the morning and say i cannot wait to get to work right that is such a huge gift and i i can honestly say my father the last 15 years of his working life was miserable every mm-hmm. day because it was just about when can I retire. In our case, we chose this. You know, we don't have to do this to make sure that our our uh, our kids have braces on their teeth and all that stuff. I, I mean, I've been rich and I've been poor, and rich is better. Mm-hmm. And and I have to act now or I don't pay my bills. But right. I promise you, the same Jones that got me out here from Grand Blanc, Michigan, in 1978 is the same thing that that drives me in nine in whatever 2019 right. yeah. uh, honestly so that is probably uh, you know the the biggest aspect of what i do is the ability to kind of sit back now and go okay i know i can always make a living i got mm-hmm. that part down some years will be better than others but the opportunity to meet young talented kind-hearted really wonderful people the way you interact with i've listened to your podcast the way you interact with your fans you respect them you love them and that's a big deal to them yeah. you know your your importance in their lives I, I know this now because i travel around the world it, you guys probably already start to understand how deeply people connect we know about harry potter mm-hmm. but when you guys can connect with them on a personal level they're not going to be able to hang out with daniel they're not going to be able to hang out <laughs> yeah, with the right. movie stars but you guys are movie stars to them. And clearly you're incredibly gifted, but when you have that deep, deep connection and you don't take it for granted and you uh, cultivate it, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that, that's a really important aspect of, of what, what we do. It's not all about an action right. figure. I see that a lot in voice actors, actually. Isn't that the truth, yeah. Tessa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we've discussed that. I think um, we, uh, Brizzy and I have discussed that before. I could pretty much name everybody whom you and your audience has ever listened to, and I know them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. know them. Yeah. Right. They are the most down... They're like you guys. They're yeah. the most down-to-earth, kind, 
sweet, yeah. crazy freaking talented. Mm-hmm. But oh, they don't take anything for granted. N- none of yeah. it. They take it. Not not right. only do they not take it for granted, they take the work seriously, but not themselves. Right. And so they, I think the difference is that we all understand that it's the characters who are famous. I'm an important part of it, to be sure. But as I said, I don't draw them. I don't write them. Um, and so it's not about how big your boobs are, how big your muscles are, how long your hair is a perfect... You know, Tress McNeil, our dear, sweet Tress, I've known Tress since she's been a cocktail waitress in Marina mm-hmm. Del Rey <laughs> and didn't have two nickels to together. Now she is unequivocally the most pro- prolific voice actress in the history of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. In- incredible. Yeah. 800, what, 600 episodes of The Simpsons alone. <laughs> wow. But you talk to her and she's, oh, hi, sweetie. She's just, an, and then she opens her mouth and does crazy cat lady or dot or babs or you know, whatever, Cruella, and you just fall over. And same thing with Jim Cummings, same thing with Jess Harnell, same thing with Frank Welker, same thing with Maurice LaMarche or Billy West or even the new folks on on Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland, Mm -hmm. sweet kid. And my God, look what he's created. Yeah. You know? And so I, uh, and Darren Chris, mm-hmm. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Darren, a great guy. Well, the first time I met Darren, I was, of course, amazed by him and all the people that did Star Kid. Yeah. Joe and mm-hmm. all those guys, the other Joe. Yeah. Two Joes. <laughs> yep. Two and I'm amazed by their all their talent. And they were, could not have been kinder to me. Darren right. ran across from, oh my God, you're pinky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was. Oh, they love you. It's delightful. Yeah. And that is the magic of. I think of of what we do voice wise because mm-hmm. it's it appeals to everyone, irrespective of your station, irrespective of how much money you have or don't have. I sang the national anthem at, at Dodger Stadium a couple weeks ago, and I found out that um, Justin Turner, the nineteen million dollar year third baseman for the Dodgers, is a Ninja Turtle fan. <laughs> so I got done singing the national anthem. I get this tap on my shoulder. I try to use this big red red bearded guy. Are you really Raphael? <laughs> And I said, yeah, turtle power. I said, Shredder, you tin-faced geek, blah, blah, blah. And he was eight years old. <laughs> That's a superpower. Isn't that yeah. something? It's, it is a superpower. It really is. And I am so grateful that I've been around long enough to not only understand that, but that my ego could take the the detour that I got when I got to Hollywood, that I found when I got to Hollywood. I came here ostensibly to do live action, right? like most people, mm-hmm. and I was. But then when the opportunity came to audition for animation, I was just, well, sure, I love cartoons like everybody else with a pulse, but I want to work. I'm telling you guys, it took me about two seconds to think, holy crap, this is the gig. Nobody cares what I look like. Right. They didn't care when I was 25 that I was an average looking kid from Grand Blank. And now at 62, they still don't care what I look like. It's only about your talent, Mm -hmm. your ability to deliver and... uh, and 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 the kindness of people to hire you, right? Yeah. Utterly unfettered by the way you look. That and your for professionalism a too. Well, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and you got to be good. There's right. no question about it. You don't hang around if you suck. Right, right. And, and that's and the thing is that you guys know because you're veterans and you've been in Hollywood a while. You can't take it personally. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, people, sweet it's people. So ask hard, me. though. It is, and <laughs> and I I have to tell you, it gets a little easier. Well, wait a minute. Let me take that back. It gets easier for me. It's different for women. Mm-hmm. And it just is. It sucks. It's not fair, but it is. And I've heard conversations uh, with friends of mine who uh, produce on-camera stuff, and they're talking about a young actress, and it's just great. And, you know, she's terrific, but she's going to be 34. 34. Yeah. yeah. That is just the nature of Hollywood. Yeah, it really is. Um, but voiceover, they don't care. But they True. don't. True. And, this is the and, best. <laughs> and they don't. And you guys get to do little boy voices. Yep. And, oh, mm-hmm. You know, all the Rugrats stuff. All those are young women. Um, but it, it, you still have to deliver. Yeah. Because just as I was talking about earlier, there are new people coming to town all the time. And they are. They all have hopes and dreams. Some of them are profoundly gifted. A lot of them are not. But you don't know that until you start you know, swinging for the fences out here. And, yeah. and, and it's such an amazing gig that oh, obviously every right. voice actor is going to keep going until they of die. Of course. Yeah. And look how many uh, celebrity talent That's now are involved in, yeah. in yeah. animation on a large mm-hmm. scale. And the last big challenge I had, because I'm closer to the end than the beginning, but I, I have no complaints. I've had a hell of a run. But my challenge now is to say, all right, well, fame is always, and celebrity are, are things that have cachet in Hollywood, and that will always be the way it is, mm-hmm. always. So my challenge is to take uh, my ability and my skill set 
and the fact that I have a, a pretty good um, um, legacy and and you know resume of well-known characters. But how do I compete? If they decide, if you're a producer and you say, I got two million bucks and I'm going to give it to George Clooney to be the talking right. dragon. Right. Uh, how do I compete? Well, the only way I can do that is nice people like you making a fuss over me and saying, well, <laughs> you know, oh, guess who this guy is? And it's changing. Yeah. I'm now in a position where I pitch shows and every time I go into Netflix or Hulu or, or even the traditional places, Paramount, everybody now who's in a position of power knows everything we've all worked on so wow. the number of times that i'll get done with a pitch and i'll say great thanks a lot rob uh, hang on a second <laughs> could you could you sign my ninja turtle <laughs> thing or you know my mom sent me my pinky in the brain t-shirt because i told her i was going to be meeting you today oh my god it's the most wonderful glorious yeah. aspect That's i was appropriately cast as yakko because i would shut up for 30 freaking minutes <laughs> That's why you have a podcast. That's this why you're on why a podcast. You're here. What it's for. Thank you. <laughs> Given all that, what what house do we think he's in? Ooh, Hogwarts oh. house. We're gonna try to. Sort okay, now what is that? Yeah. I'm sorry. What does that mean? So in Harry Potter, yeah. in the school of Hogwarts, there are four different houses. They're just groups of students. They have different dormitories. Oh, okay. oh like dormitories. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they each one has different values, okay. basically. So I definitely feel like you're between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Okay. Yeah. Gryffindor is what. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are in. It's okay. like the hero house. Okay. They value courage, bravery, and determination. Oh. They can be really talkative and outgoing and often like the class clown. Oh, my goodness. Like the loud kind of person. Yeah. It sounds also like you <laughs> ladies, too, to some extent, right? Because you're pretty courageous uh, and brave. I, uh, I don't think of myself no? as that. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some, you have to have some Gryffindor oh, in you yeah, to, to be, be in Hollywood and Got to be an actor, performer, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just like, is that the thing that defines you the most. Mm -hmm. Interesting, okay. So, yeah. like, we're both Ravenclaws, and what Ravenclaws are, they value learning, wit, creativity, wisdom. It's like, you can be eccentric, creative, like, oh, almost perfect. obsessive sometimes yes. over something that you really, really love. It's like, Ravenclaws just want to learn everything that they sponge. can about what yeah. they love. Yeah. Right. Boy, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's like, it can be a good thing and a bad thing. And yeah, then yeah. If you get too, too obsessive, yeah. Yeah, which I can. Yeah. Um, but Slytherins, which Joe is a Slytherin. Ah, okay. And Slytherins, uh, they, are, they value pride, ambition, and being like the best at ah, something. Well, he's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. They have like high standards. They can have laser focus. They're just like, but they will do, they will stop at nothing until they get like what they what want. What they want. You know? Right. So it's like, you have respect for them. But <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little different than say like a Ravenclaw or a Gryffindor mm -hmm. uh -huh. and then last and house then we have the last house is Hufflepuff which values hard work patience loyalty and fair play so they're the really like friendly honest like yeah. the very like good house well I am so flattered that you would consider me that <laughs> I'm not in uh, you know in the White House which is something that <laughs> I have probably none of the uh, uh, attributes that would, you know, require me to be there. But thank you. That's I'm very flattered that you guys would suggest that. So we're yeah. stuck between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff right. for you, okay. I think. Can maybe I can be a Gryffindor? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a is common right? thing is people to like split them and put them together. I think he should be in Gryffindor. I okay. think he's more of a leader, and he has started so many of these projects, like you know, doing the podcast, doing things like Gryffindors will take that risk without knowing if it's going to pay off or well, not. Well, that's certainly me. But, you know, isn't that, that's pretty germane to most actors. You True, know? that's... Because mm. when you think about it, you use the word of uh, courage. I, I think just um, people who decide to come to Hollywood or New York or, or, or pursue a career in the arts are by nature courageous because often you don't have the support of sometimes no one except yeah. yourself. You guys all know people... Um, and maybe even in your own family who said, oh, God, Brizzy, I just love you. Anna, I just love you. you know, yeah. I, 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 sweetheart, you're just the sweetest girl. Tessa, but why do you, oh, my God, go back to school. You're going to go to Hollywood. And right. it's, it's only because they love you. Mm -hmm. And I totally <laughs> get it. Um, my parents were relatively supportive, but I was a student at the University of Michigan as well. And I left after a year because I knew that I wanted to be in the moving picture business. And mm -hmm. I told my parents that I'm wasting your money and my time. And my folks were, were disappointed because yeah. I'm the oldest in my family. I set the example. All my siblings went to college. Ultimately, I went for an hour 
you know. Yeah. And and so when they said to me, well, you know, you're old enough in those days, you're old enough to be drafted. You can make your own decisions. But you do understand that the money that follows you to Ann Arbor doesn't follow you to California. Yeah. And so there are people who have it much worse. If you go to Hollywood, I'm going to disown you. Or right. the yeah. love of your life says, I'm sorry, I am not, I'm not up for a life yeah. in Hollywood with a struggle. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to end this relationship. And people still go to Hollywood. So I think by nature, when you choose to do this or be a painter, an author or something where there is no guarantee, like respectfully, when, once you get your law degree, yeah. you're able to take the bar of pretty much any state right. in the union, right? Mm -hmm. But there's no, you can get your degree in performance, you can get a degree in music, you can get a degree in art, theater, all of that. And it means nothing if you don't fit the suit. Right. You know, it will help you in your confidence ultimately, but you will meet people when you're my age, you'll know people whom you've met, had relationship with, and then all of a sudden they're gone from Hollywood because things just didn't wear out for them. And you go, that was the most talented girl I'd ever met in my life. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't work for her. Mm -hmm. It's the nature of this beast. So it's a courageous choice to make in any case. Yeah. Let me know. I just, I, I feel a lot of Hufflepuff vibes when you just talk about what is most important to you oh, okay. as far mm -hmm. as like kindness and making people happy and treating things fairly yeah. and playing it by the book and just being overall positive and warm and caring and welcoming and Good. Yeah. all that is very Hufflepuff. And yeah. then the the brave jump into it adventurous side of you is Gryffindor. Yeah. So. yeah, between those two, but we'll figure it out. I am happy to be in either one. Thank you. <laughs> They're both great houses. Good. So, yeah. Uh, could you tell us just a little bit about, you talked about the process of finding Carl's voice. Could you talk to us a little bit about how you find these other voices like Yakko, like Pinky, yeah. like, because for us and for people listening, again, they're so iconic to us, but we people have no idea how you even pull that out mm. of anywhere. Is just you're a wizard. Yeah, that's you're what I am. From Hogwarts. That's <laughs> right. I'm a, Tessa. I'm a wizard. <laughs> Honey, wake up and smell oh, the God. wake up and smell the the mead. <laughs> I, uh, uh, but no, I well, you guys are actors. It's yeah. like any other acting job. Mm -hmm. um, when I came to LA, I'd had uh, several years of live performance, doing live theater around the country and live music. And so, relative to my age, I was 23, and relative to my age, I'd had quite a bit of practical experience. But in terms of doing voice work, I rely on the same um, tools I, I had to create live action or stage characters. Um, Bold choices. I, I look at things and, and make a choice, even if it's wrong, to to be invested and then have a director kind of say, well, let's chip a little bit of this way. I think it's especially helpful in auditions because whether or not uh, I, I will get a job that you might be bringing me in to read for, if I make a clear choice about what I'm intending to do, you might say as a casting person, you know, that Rob guy was interesting the character the, what he did in the audition was completely wrong for what we ended up doing <laughs> yeah. but he was really thinking yeah and i promise you now i've gotten probably half a dozen jobs some of which have lasted more than a year years after i've auditioned for a project i didn't get mm -hmm. okay because people say right remember that thing you did rob we have it here on tape it was completely wrong uh but you were really thinking it got us laughing or got us crying whatever it just didn't work for that uh, thing but we think we have it on tape. Here's what you did. Could you try it again? And hey, you got the job. <laughs> the great thing about voice work, as you both know, is that as we sort of touched on earlier, is that it's completely about being unselfconscious. You literally don't want to be held back by the fact that you're a young, attractive woman or mm -hmm. that you're a, an old guy with gray hair because it's not about that. Yeah. And that is really freeing. The ability to retain that, uh, and I, that's why I love your show so much, it, the, you guys have a real grasp on your ability to still be amazed, your ability to still go, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> and um, that, that ability to, to still find uh, astonishment in your life, I think is a big part of, of continuing to be creative. So that's where all that stuff comes from. With respect to Yakko, um, that 
animation, uh, that Animaniacs audition was like a six-week audition process. Wow. Because it was a big deal. First <laughs> yeah. of all, it's Steven Spielberg. Secondly, um, they there was going to be a lot of music, so it was about singing right. in character. So it was literally just, let's try this. Nah, that didn't work. But you know what? We liked what you did. Let's come on back. Try, how about trying this? Great. You need, how about the Marx Brothers? Do you Groucho? I said, I'm not really an impressionist. <laughs> I'm an actor. If you want an impressionist, call Maurice or Frank. Or you know, There are people who are great impressionists. Well, how about Yakko's kind of got that Groucho Marx uh, smart-ass vibe? I, I'm a smart-ass. I can totally do that. And then so we just start playing around with things. And then it becomes a question of mixing and matching. Um, so you it's know? more of a collaboration than totally. people Totally, yes. Think. And, and because, uh, again, specifically, again, Tessa, because I don't draw them. Right. I look at a picture and and it might be a three-dimensional rendering of a particular character. And, and then we'll get, as they call it, a Bible that tells you how these characters interact with each other and what their personal traits are. Uh, but that's what the people who create it think they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> once, once you guys or I am brought into the mix and we bring our own um, talent to it, often yeah. the writers will go, oh, my God. They're not actors. Right. Anna, what you did with that was not at all something that I would have thought. W could you explore that a little bit more? And you say, sure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you say, sure, and you have no idea what you're going to do yeah. next. <laughs> but that's where you have to trust your chops. And mm -hmm. you say, you know, I trust that my skill set is honed enough that I'll come up with something. And that's where the courage comes in because everybody goes through, oh, my God, that like chorus line, I really need this <laughs> yeah. job, you know. And you don't want to screw it up. But... If you don't take a swing at it, then you've screwed it up before you even have a chance to screw it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yes, exactly right. It is a collaborative effort, deeply collaborative. And, and uh, uh, it, it, it's really great when you have, uh, uh, like in the case of Pinky and the Brain, the uh, producers and writers start writing to fit what Maurice and I might oh, add lib, you know, great. we do start to add lib and mess around. They go, oh my God, that's where the characters start to become a lot more organic. And you know, you've got something when you can chat like Carl or, or, um, Arthur from the tick or, um, uh, you know, um, Donatello all day long without a script. <laughs> that's when you know you've got something. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and, um, uh, but all of that comes as a result of, as Billy West says, being fearless of being will willing to swing for it and have them go, mm, sorry, Tessa, that wasn't right. Okay, but you know that if they gave you another hour, there's nothing more you could come up with. Right. Now, Anna might come in after you and kill it exactly. because she happened to get it that day. Mm -hmm. But that's where the not taking it personally happens. It's not that they said, it's not that they don't like you, mm -hmm. it's they like Anna better today. Right. It's not personal. Speaking of Animania, yes, it's coming back. I know. Where did you hear that? Oh, all over the news. Oh my God! Is they somebody said at Warner Brothers publicity? It's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, finally, after all the hype, all the people begging. I know it's coming it, back as a Hulu original series. Yes, next year, uh, about this time, I think summer, late summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. The 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 greatest thing about that to me is that the king of Hollywood. You know, Mr. Spielberg, whatever, 72 or whatever. He, yeah. For him to go, you know, I really think it's time to do this again. That says a lot about the power of animation. Mr. Spielberg, in fact, if you watch the documentary that was a, an eponymous documentary about him a year ago on HBO, in which he basically talks about his work, really wonderful couple hours to watch. Right in the middle of it, there's about a two-minute chunk of Pinky and the Brain. And I called Maurice and I said, oh, my God. Right between Schindler's List and E.T., he's <laughs> wow. talking about how great Pinky and the Brain... That is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that alone is huge. Uh, the next question is, are you going to be involved? And uh, here's what I'm supposed to say. Uh, it's like I was at a Senate subcommittee hearing. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but let's put it this way. Uh, it is the worst kept secret in Hollywood, and it is, it is a very big deal. Uh, and I think part of the reason that Mr. Spielberg and Hulu decided to do it again was because specifically about what we talked about earlier. I don't know that there's a bigger geek in Hollywood than Steven. And yeah. they see what's happening. They see uh, Maurice and me and Tress and Jess and Randy doing Animaniacs in concert. 
We've yeah. done a bunch of them. Yep. All of a sudden, somebody goes across his desk and he sees us with a thousand people all singing United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, they Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Peru. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they know the whole thing. Yep. And Stephen says, wow, these guys can still do it. And the, <laughs> the audience is way bigger now than it was when the show premiered. Mm-hmm. Because people your age, a lot of people your age have children. Oh, yeah, bringing next generation. Right? And yeah. I meet people all over the world who are older than I mm-hmm. who come in and say, oh, my God. When my son was in dental school, he told me, Dad, you got to watch this show, Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> so we watch Pinky and the Brain. And now my grandchildren, you know, watch, they have perfect teeth and they watch <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> and, and this is a show I think that's really important. Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain are shows that are being rebooted and celebrated utterly for the sake of the content. And they're being celebrated by people who weren't alive when they were made. And they watch it and they go, that's unbelievably clever, like Rocky and Bullwinkle, mm-hmm. like you know uh, uh, Looney Tunes. There's I mean, a lot look of... at Shira right now, right? Yeah, she- exactly. Mm-hmm. Another great example. Yeah, and so that's that's a big deal to a non-celebrity talent like myself to be able to say, "Wow, Mr. Spielberg has really made this happen with a forty-piece orchestra again." <laughs> All of that stuff. And it plays right into the hands of literally tens of millions of people who celebrate that show uh, and shows like it utterly for their own sake. It's the best of what we, I think, what the best of what we all like to be involved in in terms of entertainers. But as a performer, to be able to have something in your legacy that says, well, whatever happens in my life from now on when i finally punch my ticket i can say wow i got to i got to be around to work on this thing again and um and it was a huge deal yeah to the most powerful man in hollywood that's a and you know what's going to happen ultimately you guys it's going to make so many people happy definitely and so many new people so so many new children are gonna oh it's gonna be incredible and it's always been this way, but because of social media, now every single day we get to see the worst of humanity. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's almost impossible to turn it off. It's virtually impossible to not go through your day without something that is heartbreaking. So when you can be involved in a, in a circumstance in which the reason you get paid is to be a, a, a joyful and inclusive and, and uh, kind, what better way to move through your life? Yeah. Right? Totally. So let's talk about your book coming out. Oh, thank you. Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life. How about that? No pressure. (laughs) So not too long ago, you had a a scary bout of throat cancer. Yeah, right. right? Oh, my God. Yeah. In fact, uh, three years ago at this time, I was just finishing up um, a few months of radiation and chemotherapy. And um, you know what? If you live long enough, you can take a couple of dings, you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, had had a, um, a swollen lymph node in my neck for probably a year and a typical guy, I mean, I'm a former hockey player and all that stuff, unless something is hanging off you. Right. You're you like, know. And my wife is like, what's that? Nah, it's not a big deal. It's probably just a low-grade infection. But I didn't feel bad. Yeah. I don't smoke. You know, I'm always been in pretty good shape. So I went to my yearly physical and I asked my internist, I, whom I'd known forever, I said, do me a favor. What, what do you think about this? And you guys, I swear, 10 seconds. He said, mm, not good. And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. He said, no, I'm, I'm serious. This is, this is not good. If we're an infection, it would be uh, a little, it, that would feel different. This is rock hard and you need to get that looked at yesterday. So within a week, I'd, I'd been diagnosed with stage three squamous cell carcinoma uh, which uh, metastatic, which meant that it already spread. So the the lump that I felt in my neck was the area to which the cancer had already spread from a tumor in my throat that they couldn't find. It didn't keep me from swallowing. It didn't keep me from eating. It didn't hurt. Certainly didn't keep me from doing my job. So they had to find the uh, the primary tumor, and that's that was tough because they have to pretty much punch a bunch of holes in your throat to you know check the tissue for where they where they got to find this thing Mm -hmm. so they did and um and they told me right at the beginning look here's the deal where this is a very treatable cancer um and uh we you'll probably have an 80 percent chance of being fully cured but before we cure you we almost have to kill you it's a it's a really tough for obvious reasons 
you smooch your, your loved ones, you eat, you swallow, you speak everything with your mouth and your throat. It's really tough because they got to beat the daylights out of you. Um, but you know what, you guys, I, I, I had, I was 60 when I was diagnosed. And even if they had said to me, uh, look, you know, you better go home and get your stuff in order. We're going to make you comfortable, but you're, you're on your way out. I had a remarkable life. I had nothing about which to complain. My son was grown, married. Um, you know, I fortunately have had a, a, a successful career. So my wife was covered insurance wise, no problem. <laughs> I mean, all the traditional stuff that right. happens once you die, everything was good. Right. Um, and I, I, like I said, I had nothing but gratitude. I've had, I've had a 41 year run in Hollywood and I've been making a living for over 30, 36, 36 of yeah. it, right? That's yeah. I, I'm a lottery winner, yeah, right? <laughs> right? And um, I've met people like you, young people, older people, people who have already passed away who were inspirational to me. I have nothing to complain about, mm -hmm. but that's not what they told me. They just said the treatment's going to kick your ass. Mm -hmm. So just be ready. And that sense of humor that you have when we told you we almost had to kill you, keep that up. Yeah, that's you're going to need it. But you know what else I had? And this is where the book comes in. Um, firstly, I really appreciate you bringing it up because uh, I had been asked by fans about writing a book beforehand. And I honestly, the last thing the world needs is a Hollywood memoir, another <laughs> Hollywood memoir written by a guy who is neither famous um, and, and it didn't have a, an interesting story. Now, I've had some interesting stories, but nothing that would compel me to write a book. However, once the cancer happened and I got through that, I thought, now I have something. And the reason I have something is not only because of, of the fact that I'm able to go back to work. That's a testament to the skill and the, and the art of medicine, that they, can, they know exactly how far to push your body. They got a guy who's 5'9 60 years old, 170 pounds. When I was diagnosed, I had had innumerable encounters with children and their parents who were in much worse shape than I, and they wanted to talk to Raphael or Pinky or Donatello or Carl on the phone. And we all do it. You guys will do it too. Um, I know you probably already do interact with people who are struggling and they just want to talk to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that speaks very highly about the impact you have on people. I mean, to their souls that they want to talk to Brizzy or Tessa mm -hmm. when they're really struggling. Okay, so I have had the good fortune of doing that countless times. And often these children didn't make it and their parents keep in touch with me. And so I would get Christmas card or Easter cards or birthday cards. Hi, Rob, this is, uh, you know, Jordy's mom as well. This is the 10th anniversary of Jordy's passing, but I will never forget what it meant that you called and that you got Maurice to call and, you know. Mm -hmm. And you'll never know what Pinky in the Brain or Ninja Turtles or The Mask or any of that stuff meant to me and my family. So then we come to my circumstance, and I was able to draw on the strength of all of these sweet children and their families, <laughs> many of whom I don't remember. And they mm -hmm. may not remember me, but they all brought that power to bear when I was struggling because there were a number of times, and again, nothing happened that they didn't tell me, but it hurts a lot. Yeah, They beat the day, your throat, your mouth, it's burned, it's torched. And the times when I was like in this Vicodin-induced stupor and thinking, I, I, I can't do this another day. I just can't. I know I have to, but I can't do this. How do people get through this? And it wasn't my child. It was me. Right. And... Every time I would do that, I would think about this young boy or this young girl or this parent. And I thought, you know what? You can suck it up. You can do this. You can do this. That's what the book is about because it's really about the literal legitimate power of turtle power, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or of any of these characters, whether it's one of mine in quotes or not. This is a bigger, bigger deal than an action figure and a daily cartoon show. The power that is able to be um, brought to bear for people who are struggling. And, and you know what? It's not just little kids. I now, as a result of this wonderful ride I've had, 
I meet people all the time. I was at a convention a couple of weeks ago and a young woman came up to me in tears and she said, Mr. Paulson, I just need to tell you what Raphael has meant to me. And I knew where she was going and I thought she was going to talk about her child. She said, my big brother, the, 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 the love of my life, the, the anchor in my family, um, recently passed away from liver cancer. But every day that he was going through his treatment, that just palliative care to keep him comfortable until the ultimate, you know, until what happened, happened. Um, he never lost hope. And all of us who are spread around the country who love my brother, whether they're, you know, siblings or loved ones, every single day, we knew at a particular time when he was having his treatment and we all had our something Ninja Turtles, whether it was a watch, t-shirt, a bandana in a pocket, he asked that we all have that because he knew that Ninja Turtles was giving him the power to fight. Now, this is a 37, this is, I'm sorry, uh, if a 47-year-old father of four who owned his own business and was very successful but was going to die from liver cancer, but it was important to him that Ninja Turtles was part of the equation. Yeah. How, <laughs> yeah, it's how do you yeah. even quantify that compliment. Yeah. yeah, there's something about cartoons or even just shows in general that you attach yourselves to that just feels so familiar and make you feel so Precisely. not lonely, even yep. if you have plenty of people around you to make you not feel lonely. Well, it's just so comforting and familiar and something to relate and feel. That's exactly in your right. Heart. That's exactly right, sweetie. And and we all go through periods that suck. And some suck less than others, and you have a, a context in which to discern, determine the level of suckage, yeah. you know, yeah. as you get older. But you, to your point, um, Brizzy, um, I've, I've had more than several people come up to me who say, I was a foster child, Mr. Paulson, uh, and um, I will never be able to tell you what Animaniacs meant to me and now to my children. But for me, I was in the foster system when I was six months old and i don't remember anything except that when i was at my seventh foster home before i was old enough to be on my own i knew that if there was a tv there while i was getting used to my new circumstance i could just say oh my god i i can watch animaniacs yeah, and i'm some so familiar form of consistency yes, and normalcy normalcy mm -hmm. precisely and so to those people and it's not a handful Mm -hmm. It's a lot, whether it was a latchkey kid or whether you say, my parents had this incredibly acrimonious divorce and the only thing that got my brother and me through it was watching Pinky and the Brain or The Mask or The Tick or Jimmy Neutron or whatever or SpongeBob. And so now I'm fine and I'm bringing my kids. We've driven two states to meet you and Maurice because we want to tell you. Or the number of times that I've been in a circuit, just last two weeks ago, literally, it was... A big tatted out guy, uh, long hair, comes up and, and uh, Maurice and I were together. I said, hey, God, you're a big one, aren't you, Narf? La, la, la. And he just broke down into tears. And I said, I'm so sorry. He goes, no, no, Mr. Paulson, I'm sorry. I don't even, I, you don't know. I said, no, 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 I'm, I didn't know what happened. Turns out the guy had done three tours in Afghanistan. And so when he'd go on patrol and his job was to hunt down and kill people who were going to kill him, and he and people shoot at him to chill. When he got back, he would put on Pinky in the Brain. Are you wow. kidding me? Wow, that's and insane. I, it, it is. Yeah. And due to shows like yours, due to the opportunity to go to conventions, which are so ubiquitous now, they're springing up like zits on a twelve-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I uh -huh. love that because I now am not only cured, but I now have this new opportunity to use my superpower mm -hmm. and more moreover more importantly to be cognizant of how powerful this is yeah i didn't die and i wasn't born too late i'm in the perfect spot i'm young enough to do my job at a high level and travel around but i'm old enough to have a legacy of characters that affect people on a deep level and now i'm in a position where i can be helpful where i can be inspirational where young people can say, wow, that guy who voiced everything my parents and I know got through throat cancer. You know what? I think I can take a punch. You never know. And you guys are already doing it. You never know when just by living your example and the lives that you live, 
uh, by being decent, joyful, kind women will inspire some young girl to get out of her bullshit circumstance yeah, yeah. and say, you know what, these girls are my heroes and I'm gonna figure this out. And we now know the power we have. Mm -hmm. And that is what the book is yeah. about. To the, say the you, crazy like cyclical nature of that, how, yep. how you give them power and then seeing what they've gone through and what they've made it out of shows you that you're not alone in what you're Isn't going that through. And the truth. It is yeah. just so symbiotic. And it, it is utterly symbiotic and it's the it, it's the it's the premier example to me of paying it forward. Mm -hmm. When you're able to do something that inspires or engenders a a, 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 a creativity, uh, courage, the desire to change your mindset and and choose to be kind and helpful, um, that the that's the best way of paying it forward because we really truly are all in this together. Yeah, all of the political differences, notwithstanding, cultural differences, uh, animation, show business, music transcends all of that mm -hmm. and um so that's what the book is about it's it the lessons i've learned as a result of my voice when i was really in the middle of that whole cancer circumstance it's like wow you know i i got something here and these little children and their parents just by their example taught me how to be courageous i didn't know it and i didn't know i was being prepped for it mm -hmm. because the, some of this has happened 30 years ago and some of these children have been dead for 15 years but they i'll be damned it turns out that they propped me up just by their example yeah and so, now your book's gonna do the same right <laughs> and you guys are allowing me to do that too you guys are are giving me the opportunity to pay it forward and you guys by your like i said you're just your example and the way you affect people on a visceral level are doing the same thing and you have your whole lives ahead of you you got you're gonna have so many opportunities to not only it's the best way to go through life you get to make money mm -hmm. doing something you would do for free that makes yep. people better yeah oh my god yeah what a great gig i know ah. and you're pretty <laughs> you know and you're and ah. you're, you look really yeah. good doing it that's yeah, pretty it's good dumb. it's dumb <laughs> my god i'm so lucky we are. Yeah, we, we are we lucky, are, we, and, and it's it shows like the power of fandom too, and that's oh, what we talk boy. about all the time on our podcast, and that's why we created it in the first place is because we just want to be a place where we can celebrate the things that we love and Isn't connect right? with other people that love it too. Right, and and you guys know that better than people my age. You you folks are are have grown up in a time when you're used to being able to have uh, the ability to interact with people you'll never meet at the North Pole or right. wherever, <laughs> that instantly. Yeah, the internet can be bad, but it can also be incredible. Totally, yes. and I think it's the, it is the ultimate and sort of the last bastion of free speech. I'm all about the First Amendment. However, I don't think that anybody uh, would argue that part of having the uh, incredible gift of freedom of speech comes with a certain amount of responsibility, if you, especially with the internet. You, you know going into it, I hope, not you guys, obviously, but one would hope that when you start reading things about what can kill you and what can cure you, that you understand that it's unfettered. So like you said, it can be good and bad. And, uh, uh, the, but but the, the good with respect to fandom is that it's, there's all upside. Yeah. And you, I know you guys have already had circumstances in which there are people who may be literally on the edge and they listen to what you do and the joy that you bring into it. And they go, you know what? I think it's worth another day. I think it's worth another shot. And uh, w whether it's suicide, booze, drugs, somebody who is trying to improve their circumstance, getting out of a bad relationship, the power of your joy, your enthusiasm, what you bring to the table is is nothing short of magical. And Magic! It, you know, and it really is. <laughs> and and I guarantee you that there are people who are listening to this going, oh my God, Rob, you're so right. Before <laughs> I, I was really, I had a bad breakup and I was <laughs> thinking there's no point in living. I couldn't, <laughs> my dog died. I couldn't pay my rent. And I heard you know, Brizzy and Tessa and I'm hooked and they're, unfettered joy even if it's something i'm not aware of mm -hmm. 
that that you guys cultivate that in other people by your example. That's a big deal. Oh, thanks, it Rob. Really thanks. Is. That's so nice. It's true, though. It is. And so I'm just really proud of you. I, I'm, I've had the good fortune of knowing Brizzy a bit longer, but now you're stuck with me. <laughs> and, and I, honestly, I'm so proud uh, to be friends with young folks who get it. And you got, you got so much coming that's going to be so utterly joyful for you, doing no small part to the joy you bring to others. Because when you can see the results of that, mm -hmm. then you go to bed at night and go, wow, that, I, I really did the right thing. Yeah. And um, so congratulations. <laughs> you guys are really killing it. Oh, thanks, Rob. <laughs> such a Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know, right? You just solidified. Is your that right? Okay, I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Fair enough. Totally. It sounds like my favorite breakfast cereal. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, do okay. you want to finish it off? Finish it off All with right. our little script reading. Oh, good. Great. Let me get my glasses. Yes. I'm so glad you did this, you guys. Okay, so who am I today? So um, you could play whoever you want, but you are reading for Dumbledore. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm reading Dumbledore. I think... All right. And who would you like me to do? Which character would you want me to do I this, I think Carl? Pinky would be hilarious. Hilarious? Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it as Pinky. Because mm. Pinky, you know, is Dumbledore is full of, of wisdom yeah. and yes. he's like really deep. And I feel like... <laughs> It's just great. No. You do know that I'm the stupid one. No, but deep down, he's okay. the truly brilliant one. You know um. what? That's actually true because people now are starting to say, no, wait a minute. In the Pinky and the Brain theme song, they say one is a genius, the other is insane. Yeah. They don't say which, which one. Yeah, right? exactly. And so that actually has become a thing on the internet. Oh, really? Yeah. And, That's um, wonderful. I have, a, I have a couple of new... Um, non sequiturial responses to are you pondering what I'm pondering? So you <laughs> asked me, go ahead, Tessa, you asked me, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? These are new ones. Okay. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Tessa, but if Jack's black and Betty's white, is Marvin gay? <laughs> okay, now, so Brizzy, you asked me one. <laughs> uh, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Brizzy, but if Ann B. Davis and Susan B. Anthony, who be Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> So oh now my gosh. Okay. we can so, go on and Pinky will be Dumbledore. Pinky will be Dumbledore and I'm going to attempt my my poor man's version of Tara Strong's Bubbles oh, excellent. as Harry. Okay. And Great. I am just going to enjoy <laughs> this so much. All right. Here we go. Look, your face is turning the same color as my name. I'm You're getting all pink. I'm <laughs> it's lovely. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> I expect you now realize that you and Voldemort have been connected by something other than fate. Since that night in Godric's Hollow all those years ago? Um, so it's true then, sir. A part of him lives within me, doesn't it? Did, with a capital D. It was just destroyed many moments ago by none other than Voldemort himself. You were the Horcrux he never meant to make, Harry. Oh, um, I have to go back, don't I? Well, that's up to you, my dear. I have a choice. Oh, yes, Marv. <gasps> We're in King's Cross, you say. I think if you so desire, you'll be able to board a train. Um, and where will it take me? On. Hmm. Voldemort has the Elder Wand? Hmm, yes, that is true. And the snake is still alive? Yes. And I have nothing to kill it with? Oh dear, I think my brain just exploded with that high, the high noise you just made. But I will answer it thusly. Help will always be given at Hogwarts, Harry, to those who ask for it. I've always prized myself on my ability to turn a phrase. Words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic, capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. But I would, in this case, amend my original statement to this. Help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who deserve it. Do not pity the dead, Harry. Pity the living. And above all, all those who live without love. Um, Professor, is this all real? Or is it just happening inside my head? Well, of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? Point. <laughs> That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. my gosh. I am. Uh, Pinky, f and if the brain were her here, he would thank you as well. <laughs> ah, we I, will picture him thanking us. You yeah. guys, honestly, I, <laughs> I, I hope I haven't rambled too much. No, Rob. When I get these opportunities, uh, I, 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 
It's like be, like auditioning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave and getting my car going, oh, damn it, I should have said this. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it really, it's just, uh, I just love being in circumstances that are, that are designed and deliver uh, uh, kindness and joy. And that's what you do. And it is, it is very impressive, ladies. And really. that's what you do. Thank you. Yeah. So you are the perfect guest to have yeah. on this podcast. Well, it's my pressure. pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, and where can our geeks find you and your book on the internet? Well, How can they find you? Thank you for asking. Uh, they can find me socially at, uh, at Yakko Pinky on uh, Twitter, uh, Y-A-K-K-O-P-I-N-K-Y, all lowercase, um, on Instagram, Rob underscore Paulson, S-E-N. Um, I think on Facebook, I'm, I'm actually, I've got a new website and we're tweaking it with merchandise, but it's robpaulsonlive.com. And... Um, uh, on Facebook, Rob Paulson, voice actor. Uh, the book is available uh, for pre-order on Amazon. The official drop date is October 8th, but uh, you can pre-order it now. And um, we've gotten some really lovely, uh, incredibly wonderful endorsements from some of the suspects whom we've enumerated today. Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy and Billy West and Sean Astin um, um, have written some really love. Nancy Cartwright, uh, all have read it. And one thing I've learned out here is that the people who love me love me irrespective of whether or not the book is good or it sucks. And I've had experiences where they'll say, you know, Robbie, I love you, but I don't think that was particularly good in, per- in, in because we trust each other. Right. So I do know that if, and Justin Roiland too gave a real nice thing, but I do know that if they didn't like it, what they would have said was good for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I, I, there was a time that I would have thought they're saying it just because they care about me. But I've known in many cases, I've known them for longer than I've been married for like 35 years. So they have nothing to gain by lying to me. Right. It's a big deal that they would take the time to read it and say, no, you, you got something here. So, um, to the extent that matters to your listeners that uh, it's, I think worth a read also, um, for people who are in uh, actors, it's a very, it's a really great look into what we do uh, because I know what I'm talking about. I still do it. I'm not relying on something I did 20 years ago and I'm going to be doing it tomorrow. So there's a lot of really good, helpful information and it's not expensive, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Great. Yeah. And also Talking Tunes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Talking Tunes. Um, I, my Talking Tunes podcast, which you guys have both been kind enough to watch and Brizzy was kind enough to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're all, I think the audio and video versions are available on Twitch and iTunes. We did do an, uh, a video version for two years, like 210 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody whom your audience would want to hear from, including the beautiful Anna Bruce Yeah, Bruce. so check that out. Um, uh, Joe was on it. Mm-hmm. And both shows were on yeah, it. Bo- yeah, they right? were both on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Horvitz, Mark Hamill, Nancy Cartwright, Tress McNeil, Tara Strong, a couple of times. Crazy. Everybody, Tom Kenny, a couple of SpongeBob. Wow. Everybody from whom people who are fans of this medium would want to hear. And they're all free on iTunes and just just Google Talking Tunes because I'm really not sure what they did with the last batch of them. Mm-hmm, but yeah. we're going to do more of them again. Frankly, I've been so busy now talking about the book and I'm now directing. Um, I'm cool. the voice director on uh, Rise of the Ninja Turtles at Nickelodeon. That's awesome. So it's my third ride in the turtle van. <laughs> um, so I, just like I said earlier, I am a very profoundly lucky, fortunate fellow due and for many reasons, and not the least of which is getting to spend some time with you guys. This has been an absolute joy. Thank mm. you. Thank you so much, Pleasure. Rob. Remember, as Rob says on his podcast, laughter is the best medicine. And the cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free. That's right. And nerve. Bye. <laughs> Let's read a comment from Apple Podcasts on iTunes. If you haven't done this yet, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and comment saying whatever you want about us, yourself, your favorite fandom, your Hogwarts house, whatever you want. And every week we're going to read one on the podcast and give someone a shout out. That's right. And this review comes from... It says... Hufflepuff Riddle. 
Hey, Tessa and Brizzy. I love this podcast so much. I got my dad to listen, and now we have grown closer and have a lot of fun talking about the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm a Hufflepuff. According to the percentage test, I'm 95% Hufflepuff. Whoa. <laughs> That's so Hufflepuff. That's so Hufflepuff. Okay. <laughs> and my Hufflepuff riddle for you is if you could bring seven characters from the Wizarding World like back to hang out with time period doesn't matter so you can hang out with tina and hermione like doesn't matter who would you pick and where would you hang out love duke Mm -mm. so we could pick seven harry potter slash fantastic beasts just wizarding world characters and hang out with them oh my god okay so i'm bringing harry ron hermione uh, luna fred george and I need one more. Uh, who else is cool? Jenny. Hagrid. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'm, good. I'm picking Jenny. I mean, Jenny's cool too. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, yeah, Jenny's cool. Jenny's a lot cooler in the book. So, yeah, I feel like I just want all of them so we can all, like, yeah. hang out together. Oh, but I kind of want Draco there. But no, he, no. he would, uh, he would cause conflict. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Actually, I'm gonna skip Fred and George. I love them, oh. but it might be a little too much chaos. Oh, for see, me. I want the chaos. I know. Who are you bringing? So Hermione, Luna, Harry, Ron, Jenny, and Tina. Ooh. And Queenie. Oh, okay. The sisters. Yeah. Bring them in. I'll bring different siblings, like yeah, those sisters instead of the twin boys. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> I, I, how would they like work with the I others? I know, right? I'm They're like, also like 10 years older. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know though. It might be fun. I feel like um, Queenie would just be like, oh, look out. You know, she would be, you she would love so it. so cute. No. Yeah. Yeah. She would love it. So uh, I love that. Thank you, Duke, so much for your comment. Again, guys, make sure to review and comment on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out, helps people find the podcast. And we really appreciate everyone who has left a comment so far. And make sure to check out our Fantastic Geeks Facebook group and find us on Twitter at Fantastic Geeks. Links are in the description of this episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this Narfy episode of Fantastic Geeks and where to find them. You are a fantastic geek. Wow.